Hello and welcome to the House of Hanno podcast. It is Sunday, May 21st, 2023. Hope everybody had a good weekend out there and is still having a good weekend, enjoying this little bit of sunshine we've had. I am one of your hosts, Jared Hanno. This is my beautiful wife, Carissa. Say hello, Carissa. Hello, everybody, and happy Sunday. Yes, happy Sunday indeed. Uh, we have had a fun weekend thus far. We wrapped up Margot's basketball season with I-9 Sports, the Rockets. Finished the season with a 500 record, which I can't be mad at. It was my first year coaching. Three wins, three losses, and they finished our final game in a tie due to time constraints. But I'm not upset with that. Um, the, the other kids team, all played great. Yeah, the other team played hard. They were super proud that they made a comeback, even though it was against my team. It's always fun to see kids enjoying themselves out there. Um, NBA playoffs have been going on. They have been... Nothing short of exciting. Every game has been dramatic, intense. Uh, if you saw Jimmy Butler against the Celtics the other night, that was incredible, as he has been throughout the playoffs. So shout out Jimmy Buckets. Um, so far, every team I keep uh, putting my bets on, they keep getting eliminated. So <laughs> I'm not having a very good record of picking who's going to win. But. It's why the playoffs are amazing. Uh, the Miami Heat were not expected to be where they're at. They were expected to get knocked out by the Milwaukee Bucks, and they have just continued to prove everybody wrong, which is kind of why I dig what they got going on. But uh, other than that, as I said, we're rolling on into summer. The weather's been beautiful. In fact, it's been very hot by a lot of Oregonian standards. Lots of yard work. We've been kind of hitting the yard work hard this week for sure. Yeah, but uh, we've got trips coming up. We are going to Southern Oregon next week, which is exciting. Always love going down there and letting the kids have adventures and create memories. So can't tell you enough how excited we are to do that. And we look forward to seeing the family down there. Yep. We've been kind of thrown around with an idea too. When I was young, I went to a um, campfire camp there was just a day camp and it was local here in town. I don't remember it being super expensive or anything, but um, had a lot of really great experiences there. And there's just not really anything like that here around town anymore. Um, so I kind of just decided that I was going to take it upon myself. I'm just going to pick some days and I'm just going to give the camp experience to our girls and any of their friends that want to tag along this summer and do some nature walks and tie dye and, you know, sing songs and do all that kind of kind of corny camp stuff. But it's stuff that I remember as having a really fun experience and being a good positive memory so i'm gonna try and, and give that to them this summer and that goes back so far as far as the lack of funding for programs like that that i went to sandy grade school and perhaps it was because most of that was in our backyard but we didn't have outdoor school when i went to you know grade school middle school high school that wasn't an option unless i think in high school later on you could pay and there were outlets, but like go certainly, be a counselor or something. Yeah. yeah, it certainly wasn't a part of our school year as far as just going to outdoor school. So, you know, I think that would be great to sort of bring back something like that because I do think outdoor knowledge is important for kids and getting well, out and it's there. It's good for them, air. especially now, like no screen time, get out, get some fresh air, look around you, take on, take in the smells, the sights, the touch, all that kind of stuff is important for them, especially right now. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, um, you know, we, we like to try and have a theme to our shows. And earlier this week, Carissa made a comment about something our daughter had said about school, which was kind of kids misbehaving and her sort of feeling like they weren't maybe getting all the best of their time and maybe getting caught up in some of that. And she was frustrated. And I just told her, well, let's teach her lead by example. And that kind of was what I thought could be the theme of this week's show was lead by example. And that's timely because we are going to have two people on this show um, that are kind of involved in similar things, but on different ends of it. Um, they're, they're making a positive impact in the community for kids. Yes, definitely two people that are changing the lives of young people for the better. And I think you'll all be very interested to hear what they've got to say and what they're doing out here in our communities. So with that said, let's bring on our first guest, and I hope you'll all enjoy this conversation. Joining us now in the House of Hanno is somebody we are lucky to call a friend. She was Carissa's high school dance coach when I first met her, and we've been friends all along through these years, and she is a wonderful person. You will most likely see her if you attend any of the OSAA dance events here in Oregon. Ladies and gentlemen, Gail Lockard. Woo! Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. And uh, 
Gail has a special project that she has started and is working on with several others. And uh, Gail, go ahead and tell us about the name and uh, what your project's all about. Uh, well, we have a 501c3 nonprofit called Passages Arts Project, and uh, it was started a few years ago. And we go, um, our goal is to help fund arts education for students who want to dance, sing, act, paint, whatever might um, spark their passion for the arts, uh, theater. We've done some fundraisers for the theater. Um, and we are currently gearing up for a garage sale fundraiser um, and all the proceeds from that sale will go to benefit the Gardner and Tumwata Middle School band programs here in Oregon City. Awesome. Very exciting. As a former member of band in middle school and high school, uh, something we've talked about in the past is how there is always that kind of, you know, looming threat of losing the funding for those programs, whether it's the, you know, theater or music or, you know, anything like that. It's just kind of those extracurriculars are always in danger. And so it's awesome to have people like you out there trying to raise the money and trying to, you know, keep things like that going and give those kids the opportunity. Yeah, yeah we're, for sure. we're excited to do that. Yeah. Is there anything specific that um, they've requested that you're trying to help them get or a trip that they're trying to go on or anything like uh, that? Well, when we learned that um, oftentimes the middle school programs uh, have to raise funds to buy their sheet music. And oh, wow. uh, so, so for even some of the things that you might consider curriculum um, with the funding these days, it's just really tight. And so we thought um, if we could give them a little extra cash to buy sheet music or instruments uh, for students that may not have them, anything they might need for their classrooms, um, so we thought we'd try and help out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you would totally think that sheet music for a class at a school exactly Something would be funded. It seems such a basic when it comes to that part of the program, but yeah, it's those costs are all out there, and somebody's got to pay for it. And unfortunately, a lot of the budget does not allocate funds for those programs, and you end up with you know a lot of kids that are very talented that may not have an avenue to go through because. Their school system is what they have. They may not have something, you know, within reach to go out and kind of showcase their talents. So, mm -hmm. you know, the the whether it's the private, or, you know, most likely public schools, it's very important to to have the avenue and the option for the kids because it's expensive. It's intimidating. Yeah. Well, and I think for a lot of kids too, when they find their little niche group or whatever they find their passion that's what keeps kids going to school you know it's mm -hmm. like they're looking forward to their performances or their events and that's what keeps them in school so it's really important right and people i think people can talk all day about how it's up to the schools to come up with that money and we need to just rely on the schools to come up with that money but those kids are in the middle of that battle and those kids can't worry about who's coming up with the money. They just need to rely on it being there. And I think it's, you know, a lot of adult obligation or obligation to make it be there and, and to help yeah. that out. So well, um, and then, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, you go in, ahead. In band um, too, you know, the, if you're in a normal, like a general curriculum type class, you know, they can transfer the, the um, curriculum or the books or whatever class to class. And it's a lot harder to do that in band because you need your specific instrument. You need to be able to take it home and practice. And and then the music's really expensive. So even though they might um, have funding, it's just it's those kids that maybe need a new instrument or they need to be able to replace some. Um, they're just very expensive to, to do that. So I'm hoping that we get a great turnout. Yes, I hope so too. I hope it's awesome weather and everybody's out garage sailing and they come and yeah. buy everything. Last year it was like the hottest weekend of the summer <laughs> so far. So I'm really hoping that that's not the case. Yeah, the, yeah. just want some nice, mild, sunny days. Um, yeah. Can you tell us where the idea for this came from? Yeah. So um, back in about 2019, well, you and I um, lost a very dear friend that was on the dance team um, that I coached and you were also on um, to cancer. And so it began with that. And then my husband lost his little sister. Both of those gals were very um, artistic. Um, the first one was Michelle 
Rizzo Hansen, and the second one was Kristen Lockard, and they were both very artistic. So we started Passages Arts Foundation as a way to help um, kids that wanted to be part of the arts. Uh, and then in 2020, I lost my brother um, suddenly to cancer. And so we added him in the mix. And um, he was a very big D&D kid in school. He loved it. So we've actually been able to um, fund some camps and stuff for kids who want to be in D&D. Um, oh, because- that's so cool. I know. I just read the come. Yeah, I just read the blog about that on your website, yeah. actually, today. So for, that's so cool. For D&D yeah. players, you know, I, I think we all grew up in the time where that was sort of looked at as a, quote, nerdy thing or something like that. But man, the time has definitely come for D&D because it's everywhere you look. I know... No less than 20 people that play Dungeons and Dragons and have Friday night events and all these things. And, you know, so, you know, kudos to Dungeons and Dragons players for, you know, keeping that game going and making it such a big thing that it is today. That's a side note, you know. No, that's okay. My brother was, um, he worked at the school where they had the after school club and he would do little things that the kids may not know about, but to help, to help support them because he remembers what it was like um, to not have that. And, um, after he passed, we actually were able to donate um, really cool sets of dice so each of the kids could have their own sets of dice and um, things like that. So it's been fun to diversify a little bit because the arts is a really big umbrella. Right. Yes. And, and, you know, the digital world now and gaming is now kind of arts, you know, that developing games has really become a format such as, you know, movies. And so there's a lot of programs that don't come to people's mind and you know, again, costs that come along with it that people never really think of, you know, whether it's travel, whether it's room and board, you know, all those things. And again, you know, the worst thing I think for young people is idle time and nowhere to go and nothing to do. You know, that's yeah. and if those kids after school sort of have that, that I think can be problematic. Yeah. So the importance of you know, whether it's the arts or sports or, you know, any after school activity, it's yeah. so fun, you know, so important for shaping young people. And that's Gail again. That's why we wanted to kind of have you on the show because we've known you for a long time, but also you have always been involved in so many things as far as high school athletics, um, you know, dance studio things. Every I've just seen you all these years constantly involved and you're just you're changing a lot of children's lives and it's always for the better in my opinion oh, thank very you. giving of your time yeah. <laughs> very well, very we, giving we also um have been fun to partner with um like the high school drama department uh they wanted to do some gear for their uh, musical that they do and so we partner with different organizations and um do a gear sale for parents spirit wear or whatever you would like to call it mm-hmm. and so Passages does that and donates the money back to the um, the clubs and stuff. We donate a percentage back to the to them for that. So that's been a fun way to support groups, but also um, give them something fun to to participate in. I'm hoping to expand that someday. So hey, and it really you know just hearing about the 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 program myself, um, you know, as an outsider. I think to me, it sounds almost like an instant gratification, sort of like a bank account. If you, you know, if you're willing to kind of help out a little bit, those funds can somehow, you know, you can turn it into something and a little bit of participation goes a long way. So with that said, uh, what are some avenues, you know, as far as uh, Facebook email where people can get a hold of Passages Or if people want to donate or how can people help Passages? Yeah. So we have a website. It's Passages Arts Project. Dot org. Uh, there is a donate but, uh, button on the front of the page. If they would just like to donate some money, they can do that through Give Butter. We've got an account with them. Um, if they want to help with the um, sale, they can email at um, passagesartsproject at gmail.com. And um, they can email me and let me know what they have. Um, we're going to be doing a big pricing party on Sunday. So <laughs> to get ready for the next weekend. And, um, yeah, and if they would like to do something where they could um, raise money for their group and be able to also have gear to wear to for whatever event or um, activity it might be, then they can uh, also email me and get in touch with me. We have an Instagram and 
a Facebook. If you look for Passages Arts Project, you'll find us. And, you know, we're fledgling. You know, we got started and then 2020 and COVID came around. So we really, um, you know, took a long pause through that time and are just getting started back up again. So, um, you know, if they don't see a lot on there now, just know we're working to get there. And the more people that want to participate and help us out, the faster we'll grow. And on, you know, on Facebook, just clicking a like goes a long way. Clicking a share goes, a you know, goes a lot further. So just think of those little takes five seconds, you know, mm-hmm. not much time out of your day. And uh, that's why, again, that's why we wanted to have you on, because we know that you're, you know, building this thing from the ground up. And we hope for you that it can become something great because it would represent you well. So, yeah, find us on Facebook and Instagram and then share the yard sale flyer. The more people that um, we can get interested in coming by and shopping, we'll have a donation uh, thing there as well. If they don't find anything, any treasure they want to take home, they can always drop a dollar in the jar and all of that goes straight to the band and for the for those listening as far as location this is all centralized in clackamas county uh mostly in the oregon city can be surrounding areas so you know remember Mm -hmm. that when you're listening to this that is mostly where these events and fundraising things type you know will be going on so and the website will have the address of the sale um very shortly we didn't really want to publicize that this early but um, we will next week start publicizing the address of the sale so that people have plenty of time and it will be in Oregon City. So Perfect. Well, And what are the dates again of the sale? June 2nd and June 3rd, and we're going to be open 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Perfect. And it should be nice weather. We're always hoping for nice weather. So just <laughs> yeah. not 65. too hot. Again, let's keep it 65. in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so. Gail, thank you so much. Um, Passages Arts Project. Uh, help them out. They will do great things for our community and our children. Uh, Gail, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love you. you. Thank you for your time. Gail Lockard, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) All right, Gail. Thank you. That was Gail Lockard and she is unbelievable. We are lucky to know her and lucky to have her be a part of this program and very glad to help her spread a positive message. Thank you very much, Gail. With that said, we are now going to hear from one of our local teachers who is also a friend of ours and hear about some of the challenges and benefits that come along with being an educator in 2023. I hope you all enjoy this. Here we go. Joining us now in the House of Hanno is somebody we have called a friend since we were in high school. She is a fun outspoken, amazing person. She is an elementary school teacher at Malala Elementary School, teaching fifth grade. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrea Isfeld. Here she is. Welcome to the show. Now, forgive me if I slip to most people out there don't know. I don't call you Andrea. I call you Dre. I've always called you Dre. So for those listening, Dre is Andrea. And, uh, yeah, we're we're close friends like that. Um, hung out a lot back when we were teenagers because my cousin was your friend, and naturally we just all became one big circle of friends. Carissa came along around senior year, which is when her and I kind of. But that's how I met you was through Andrea. We were on dance team together in high school, super close. Correct. And then she was friends with Tasha, so that's how I ended up meeting you. The girl yeah. in the brown pickup truck. Yes. (laughs) When I met Andrea. Also known as the poop wagon. (laughs) Hey, my car, my first car was affectionately known as the bug, short for the booger, because it literally was just an ugly green Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. A good way to learn how to drive, though. Wasn't it a manual? Yeah. everything. Everything was manual in that thing. Well... We all are much better people and have a little bit of humility about ourselves because of the vehicles we started out with, except for Carissa, who's always had nice cars. <laughs> Literally had like a plush Pontiac Grand Prix when I met her well, that was clean. And it's and a had, real, that's a real thorn in my sibling's side as well, that I got to start out with that car and they didn't. Had a really good heating system in it because oh, one yeah. night as we were... T- <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories, and I'm sorry to my brother Bill for telling this story, but... We were driving home with Carissa one night, and it was cold outside, so she had the heat up, and 
Most women don't just have heat up. They go a little bit hotter than the average temperature or something like that. It's always a little bit warmer. I like it hot when it's cold and cold when it's hot. What's the problem with that? As we're driving along, (laughs) after sitting silently in the back seat for about five to ten minutes, Billy finally opens his mouth and goes, "Uh, Carissa, can you roll down a window? I've got a nose full of new boogers back here. (laughs) 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 And the hot air had built up a... Nose full of dry boogers. Yeah, I think. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. And I don't yeah. know. He was dying. Was he was truth, dying in the backseat. He had dry nostrils and it was killing him and he needed some fresh air. Some of that good Northwest cold air. Yeah, we've, but, had, we've had lots of stories. But we go back like that. I've convinced the girls at one point to become rappers. They were known as the Big Booty Sisters. Dre BBS, is a BBS for sure. Yeah, Dre's a founding member of that group. They recorded... Over time, I convinced several girls to record three rap songs, and I'm very proud of that. And I'm proud of these girls for jumping in and just becoming a weirdo like me and doing their thing. It's, I'm telling you, people, be spontaneous and do stuff that embarrasses you. You'll laugh about it and you'll love it. It's it's a fun way to be. Just be random. Dre is a much better rapper than I was, though. Dre, she had the rhymes. Dre came with it. Dre invented the rhyme, Taco Bell, Burgerville, Mickey D's. My butt be hanging to my knees. That's the clean version. But yes. but yes, these girls wrote their own stuff, and I couldn't have been more proud to have been their, quote, producer sitting in there just really. I think you refused to write any of our stuff. You said, no, this is your girls' song. You guys write it. There's Tasha gotta, and Dre had to help me with mine. I think we can all understand there has to be authenticity. You got to be original about it, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, however, I feel like I'm the least authentic of all of them, but I just no. was kind of the hanger on her because I was with you. But, but your charm is just that. People hear that, you know, obviously when you hear you, they don't necessarily hear Queen Latifah or MC Light or Yo-Yo <laughs> or, you know, like they they obviously hear, I'm Carissa and I'm rapping right now. And I'm telling you, know, like they, it comes across charming like that because yes, that's, they yes. can hear your sweetness through your raps. So, yes. Well, and we could go on and on about our silly stories and funny experiences that we've had. Maybe another episode we'll do something else. But, um, we're having Andrea on today to, um, talk about her role as a teacher over the last 15 years, I think. 15 yep. years as a teacher. Yep. Um, like I said, she's a grade school teacher. She um, was just had a really nice article written up about her, and she was an amazing, amazing educator for the Malala School District this year. And um, we just kind of wanted to get you on here to kind of get some uh, get some, some truths about teaching, some perspective. You know, mm-hmm. I think. And full disclosure, we have interviewed interviewed Andrea before. Um, there were technical difficulties <laughs> that led to us having to re-record this interview. However. The question still remains and the answers can still be heard as far as something we were discussing is sort of the modern challenges that come along with being a even, you know, an elementary school teacher at that level. There are social challenges that come along with being a teacher that never existed before because our whole world has gone social. You can't fill out a job application without somebody saying are you on this social media or that social media? And the one escapes my mind, but there's a a professional LinkedIn. You know, I've been asked so many times, where's your LinkedIn profile? That is now a part of employment. So at the fifth grade level, even. Well, I think just technology has evolved over the last 15 years. Wouldn't you think from the time you started teaching till now? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like it's, I mean, these kids are barely writing, you know, with a, pencil and paper anymore most assignments and most things we do is on their chromebook because that's just where our world's going right now so right. we'd be I mean, and we'd be doing a disservice to them if they didn't exactly learn and, technology yep. and learn all those things and if you think about the age of these children during covid you know remote learning and all of these new things that we were experiencing these kids were in their formative years so to yep. them it's not just something that kind of came along with school. It's, you know, it's a part of the fabric. They're, they're really to them. Remote learning is as much a part of going to school as sitting in the classroom. And they really don't differentiate much because it's just, it's all just school, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, they're, they're definitely more connected. And something we talked about was, you know, kind of these kids having access to their teachers, personal lives, 
that they never had in the past. And, you know, we talked how you could maybe know your, your teacher's first name if you were, you know, Snoopy, but, but you certainly didn't know who their husband was or wife was or who their children were or, you know, something like that. And, and my God, you're going in now with these kids sort of armed against you in that regard. Yeah. And I mean, just me personally, my personality, you know, with social media or not, I'm an open book with my class. Um, they know, they know pretty much obviously with some reserves, pretty much what my family is, who my family is. I talk about them all the time. They always want to hear juicy stories. They call them from the weekend <laughs> of what did Leo do this time? What did Lorelai say this time? What's Mr. Isfeld doing around the house? Like just, you know, fun little things. They always right. are just curious and, um, I have no problem. I always disclose it to them again with reserves. Um, and I feel like that just helps me build a safe place with them and build those relationships where I'm making myself vulnerable, letting them know, like my mom was in the hospital and, you know, they wanted to know why. And I told them, like, I just, I'm teaching them, you know, the basics, the common core state standards, but I also need to teach them how to be a human how to understand people and that they've got things going on outside of school, just like I know that they have things going on. So me as their teacher, them knowing that I'm also a real human with things going on, I feel like that connects us a lot more too. Yeah. And I think you're, I think you're sort of nipping something in the bud early as well, as far as, you know, I, I see so many videos online of students not challenging their teachers, but challenging them to fight getting in their face, showing blatant disrespect where it's just, it, I, I, I suppose I can remember seeing some kids hulk up to some teachers every now and then, but it just seems, and, and maybe it's because everything we do now is captured on camera. And so every single instance of it is filmed, but I definitely think there's a thing of, you know, kids are getting up in their teacher's face. So with that said, I think, you opening up to the kids and letting them kind of see your personal life sort of nips that problem in the bud a little bit because, hey, this isn't just this teacher I'm mad at. This is Mrs. Isfeld. This is a wife. This is a mother. This is somebody that I understand now on a level that I didn't before because I, I remember in grade school, I had a friend whose mom was a teacher. And so that was a way where I kind of went, oh, okay, wow, you're a normal person. You've got a kid that I play baseball with. That's weird, you know. But also, a lot of my other teachers, especially the ones that were older women, I know a lot of my friends and I just kind of had this thought of, you're just a robot old lady that comes in here and tries to make us learn and yells at us or, you know, something like that. But I I certainly don't think we ever question more than like, well, what's your first name? I'm good enough, whatever, you know definitely more of a curiosity now. So I respect you for going into that environment and, and just having these kids that have just, you know, I, I almost used a horrible expression. I don't want to say with their guns loaded, but you know what I mean? That's yeah. Let's not go there. Um, so like, what would you say you've got your, your years of perspective now, someone brand new that's going into teaching, what advice would you give them? Because I do wonder you know, I hope people are still going into teaching. We need teachers. What would you? Because I know you've had lots of um, student. Yeah, te- you've you, had lots of student teachers over the years too. What how, advice? How would do you, you give encourage them? somebody? What would you say to encourage somebody to say, "Hey, come along"? Well, I think a lot of it they need to go into it with resilience. Because resilience, I mean, if you think it's going to be all rainbows and puppies because they're cute little kids. Um, it's a lot more difficult. I think, um, open communication with parents straight away, letting them know what's going on, the best ways to get a hold of you, having that open connected relationship with parents has helped me personally a lot with my more challenging students because we back each other up. I back the parent out at home parent backs me at school there's you know a combined relationship that can like help with those you know consequences if it has to come to that kind of thing um so resilience for sure building those relationships obviously with students but definitely with families and the community that you're teaching in um it just gets you i feel like just more support because it's not easy well and i know you too have a lot of 
teacher friends, like people right. you teach in either in your cohorts or whatever, but yeah. you know, that's probably got to be such a huge help too, is having other teachers that you can lean on. Yep. And you know, I've got a, a dear teacher in my pod right now who teaches fourth grade. Shout out to Miss Warren. Um, she is an Oregon city grad as well. So, and played basketball. So she's cool. Um, anyway, she brings great things being a newer teacher, but then she also, we just all bounce off ideas off each other. Like, have you tried this? Oh, this worked for my class, but just, yeah. And definitely utilizing your, um, team, grade team, whatever. Um, that is big support. Never be afraid to ask questions and constructive criticism is probably another big thing. Teachers need to, to be able to receive Right. Well, um, you're getting that on the daily basis, I feel like, from parents, oh. administration, whatever, yep. getting yep. rated and scored or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that is true. Very true. Yep. Um, okay. We're going to do, you know what roses and thorns is. When people say we're going to play roses yes. and thorns, it's like the positive, fluffy part of your job. And then kind of like what's the hardest thing. So what would you say for roses and thorns for your okay. occupation? Roses would be coming to school. um, when the kids see me, they smile. They're excited to be there. Um, maybe cause I'm their only safe place. Um, so being that place for them, um, watching the kids learn, I think too, just if they didn't get it before and they're frustrated and then we try it a different way and they're like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, you just, you made it harder than it really was. I promise. Um, so that's the biggest, I think that keeps me going every day is just those relationships I have with my students um, and when they're, you know, willing and wanting to learn, which brings me to my thorn. <laughs> the ones that don't. Yeah. Yeah. The ones that don't. And it breaks my heart in a sense. I know for the kids that just struggle that we use what's called a growth mindset and uh, a fixed mindset is like boring, right? You're like, I can't do it. I'm dumb. They're faster than me. They're smarter than me. All these things. But a growth mindset is like, I can't do this yet. It's like the power of yet. And um, I think that is big. And these kids just don't want to grasp that. And then a big, another big thorn would be the disrespect that I'm getting a lot more from fifth graders. Mm-hmm. And just being exposed to things that I did never dream of knowing at that age. And then bringing it into the classroom. And then I am not only trying to teach curriculum, but I'm also trying to like manage social media between the drama of the kids in my class when they're on some sort of, you know. Like with each other? Like they're having drama with each other? Okay. And that goes kind of back to what we were saying earlier. You know, when I grew up as a young teenager, listened to a ton of rap music. And I loved it because I loved the attitude about it. I loved the the middle finger to establishment part of it. It just felt rebellious, right? And on that count, we listened to some of that stuff and we kind of thought, oh, that sounds cool what he's saying and that sounds cool the way he's talking to these people and whatever. But it also seemed so far-fetched from our lives that we never really applied it in real time. I think there's a thing now where... If you're that kid that decides, hey, I'm going to check my teacher and I'm going to get it, you know, maybe put a little pressure on my teacher. Not only can I get the laughs from the classroom, but if I'm on TikTok with it, I might have a million views by tomorrow. And that's so dangerous in that, you know, at least back when, you know, back in the day, as they say, if you had a smart Alec kid or somebody that was wanting to smart off to the teacher they might get a few chuckles in the classroom and then get hauled off by the principal. And all of a sudden they were kind of forgotten by the next day. And it was just a stupid kid that did a stupid thing. There's a lot of social media clout that can be gained from, you know, having these tense interactions. And so I just wanted to piggyback off what you were saying and kind of say, yes, people pay attention to what your kids look at, pay attention to what they watch. We have a nine-year-old and we have a three-year-old, uh, Andrea, your kids are nine, right? And almost nine and just almost five. Almost nine, almost five. And I think you can agree. If you slip as a parent, your kids will stumble upon some things they're not ready to see. They won't understand. They will not, they'll take the wrong direction from it. And 
I can't count the amount of times Carissa and I have had to delete apps, reset passwords, change access, this and that, because it's just something so harmless as YouTube, you would think. Yep. Uh, I posted about it on Facebook. My kids were just watching like random Peppa Pig videos on YouTube. I hate YouTube. I'm just going to say that. I told them the other day I wish it would die. And and for some reason, (laughs) their algorithm decided that during these ads, you know, during these episodes of Peppa Pig, the ad they would run would be an uncensored rap song that has B, F, S, you know, every cuss word you can think about, and they're not edited, and it's not edited content, and if you're an adult, you know what he's saying with a lot of innuendos, and I'm just, I mean, I found myself going into full old man mode. I was, you know, standing in my kitchen, like, furious at YouTube going, my kids are watching Peppa Pig. Why in the world is there a, you know something I'd listen to back in the day on a commercial right now. It's, yep. and, you know, and so, so I think that's a, you know, they're living in a much more real time environment than we were, you know, mm-hmm. our story would have gotten around and become a rumor. And that would have been about that. Speaking of yep. social media things, Margo wanted us to ask you a question because oh, there's boy. a certain song at their school that the oh. principal has banned only because it's obnoxious. It's not one, two. Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, Ladies is. and gentlemen, the power, there it is right there. Our daughter told us about this song probably a week ago. And I admit, I thought it was funny. I laughed and I thought, Margo, sometimes you kids come up with some funny stuff. But she said on the playground, someone would get on the top of the slide and tell everybody like, hey, ready, everybody? One, two, three. And, and they'd for, all those, sing it. for those who don't know, somebody had these kids put a big gold buckle on a Nike shoe, like an old, like a leprechaun shoe. And to the best Colonial of my ability, buckle. the kid sings, one, two, buckle my shoe, three, four, something like that. And uh, buckle some more. Buckle some more, five, six, Nike kicks. Nike kicks. Yes. But Margo just told six, us seven, about eight, this nine, like a ten. week ago. It is apparently banned from her school. The kids made it so obnoxious. And here we barely mentioned social media video. And you know exactly what. And this mother of a child of the same age knows exactly what we're talking about. Parents, that is um, what is we Is it mean. from school or from Leo that you know it? Both. I think actually I heard it at school first and then completely unsolicited heard it from my own child. We have that song is currently banned in the Isfeld oh, household. Yes. And it is currently banned in room 19 at Malala Elementary. Is so it? Andrea, oh Andrea is very close friends with my cousin Tasha, which is why I know her, which is why I'm married to Carissa. Tasha has made a lot of good connections for me in my life. Uh, but her brother Brody has a kid named Bronx. They live in Maui. Bronx is five. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she sends a video of him rolling down his window. Well, this was from a couple weeks ago. singing that song to yeah. somebody like three weeks ago. When Margo it, sang it, I'm like, why does that sound so familiar? And then we went back on Tasha's profile and found Bronx singing it a couple weeks ago. I suppose to me what baffles my mind is if you think of how many people live in the world. And then you think of how many of those people have a phone where they go live on social media or they post on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. The fact that these specific videos bloom and find their way to every single 9 through 12-year-old. It's the Illuminati. (laughs) You know, you hate to be conspiracy theorist, but I mean, it's like, what in the... Okay, so, okay, yes, that video has 6 million views. That still leaves 80 billion kids that haven't seen it. So how in the world does every grade, and it's, I guess it's the word of mouth thing. Mm -hmm. Kids go into school, somebody at school sees a kid getting a big reaction. And in my day, I'll put it like this. I remember getting on the school bus one morning, and there was like six buddies of mine all huddled in the back of the school bus. And we never sat in the back. You know, it was just like they were just all huddled back there like they had this big secret. And I go back there and they had just gotten Adam Sandler's album, What the Hell Happened to Me? Or I, it was either that or they're all going to laugh at you. But it was the one that had like Tollbooth Willie. Adam Sandler at his most vulgar, unbelievably raunchy time in his career, which is still nobody would ever believe it until they hear it. But yeah. that was, I mean, we all huddled back there and we snickered and laughed and listened to that. And by the end of that week, every kid in our school knew that Adam Sandler album. And then my brother had a birthday party and everybody at the party was listening and knew those songs. And so, you know, 
the power of social media plus talking children is uh, talk about wildfire. Wow, that stuff can just yep. they, like, they can spread our, news. How do we get our podcast? Yeah, if, if only, hey, any of you kids, <laughs> listen to this podcast and enjoy it. Tell a friend, share it. Don't be afraid to, you Don't know, hit us Don't get a band up. at your school, but, you know. Hey, but, I told Chris already. I told my class all about it. Told him the name, where to find it. So I'm yes. already out for promoting. Okay. Okay. Shout out to elementary school, room 19, you said? Yep. Let's give okay. them a shout out. Room okay. 19. Room 19. Holla back. Here we go. Um, okay. So for anybody out there listening and they want to know what's the best way they can help teachers, I feel like it's so funny how in the pandemic it's like, oh, we love the teachers. They're just, you know, saints and they work so hard and they're the backbone of America. And I think people have gotten away from that a little bit. But what is the best way that we can support teachers? Um, Probably, well, this is hard to say. Trust us that we went to school and know how to do our job. And if we don't know how to do our job, I'm sure there's somebody above us, like admin or anything, probably is aware that we don't know how to do our job. Um, I have a hard time when I've got parents having opinions on how I'm doing something um, when they did not go to school to become a teacher. You know, Um, I think support, trust. um, And then, like I said before, about just having that open communication between teachers and parents, like and being supportive if your child is um, acting a fool at school and, and don't say, oh, well, they don't act like this at home. <laughs> oh, okay. I, you know what? Oh, well, then right. it must not be happening. Whoops. Yeah. Be, I made it all up. Be I really an active. wanted to have this awkward conversation with you. I yeah. Made it up. Yeah. No, I was going to say, just, just be an active parent in your kid's mm-hmm. life. And I think mm-hmm. naturally you will have yep. a good relationship with your kids as teachers because you just want to set the best example and you want your kid to get the best education. And by attempting to do both of those things, you will accomplish what we've just talked about. So folks, yep. just be active and like you parents. said, like you said too, like you guys are, you know, educated professionals. You do continuing education every year, you know, yep. yes. Trust in those teachers. Um, okay. Wait. What is, I kind of talked to you about this last time too. You know, I always agonize about getting <laughs> my teacher, my daughter's teacher, the best gift I can. What is the best thing when it comes to Christmas time, teacher appreciation week, things like that? What's the best thing that we can do for teachers? Um, like I said before, I really think you can't go wrong with gift cards. And I mean, even if you wanted to get creative with gift cards, like gift card to a place where they could get a massage or a facial or a pedicure, manicure, or something like that, if you think they're into that stuff. Um, flowers, fresh flowers. I don't know anybody that doesn't love flowers. And if you don't, I'm sorry, but <laughs> there's a really great flower stand on 213 called Creamery Creek's Flower Stand, and it's the best. Uh, I know I brought Carissa a bouquet once, um, I do love but I get, get one every week. So. And we live in a region with beautiful flowers, too. We have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're great. Um, that, and then like, just even handmade notes from students, like from your child, like just even if you have to help them and help them spell and whatever, I mean, just sit down and just let the kid tell you what they loved about school or what that person's done for them or anything, because getting those handwritten notes just means a lot. It just adds yeah. more to that. Yeah. So even if you don't have money, it doesn't have to be all right. about yep. that. You can still Absolutely. show appreciation. And she, yep. I remember you telling me that you had a kid or two that just brought you in a gift card with a remaining balance that wasn't right. new. It just had remaining balance on it. They're just trying and to those yeah. kids. You heard it here. Your teachers appreciate that because your heart was in the right place and it was a good Absolutely. gesture. So shout out to those kids who went, you know, they, they tried to do something nice and that could never be a bad thing. Absolutely. It was adorable. Each time this, when your student comes up to you and hands it to you with a smile and they say, I'm not sure how much is on this. That, I'm like, cool, 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 cool. And that's the best. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you definitely sound like you are doing a very good thing for these kids out there. We appreciate you. Again, that's why we had you on here. Not only because you're our friend, but it's awesome to see our friends go out and become part of a making good a difference, movement. Making a difference in all these kids' and, lives know, and, and in and our I, communities. I don't want to leave people out. 
Carissa has a brother and a sister who are both teachers at the high school level. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom works for the school district. She's worked in schools for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. We know a lot of people. My dad's a custodian right now at a middle school. That's <laughs> So we, we know a lot of people in education. And maybe that's why we kind of have a biased opinion about it. But we also have children that go to public school. We send our kids to public school because we want to support public school teachers and what can still be a very good thing. And also, my God, daycare, as expensive as it is nowadays, you should be thankful that there is a place you send your kid to learn, play, eat, love, laugh, all of these things that in comparison cost you nothing so <laughs> so don't yeah, take that for granted for sure. and i think that yeah. is one of the 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 hardest things for teachers too is that you're not just somebody's educator you're somebody's everything you know they come to school to get a meal to get a hot meal they come to school to be warm and sheltered and um have communication with people and friends and so i think that we hey, just need to um definitely we, be more appreciative of everybody that works in the school system. And we talked about it in the past. I okay, so we grew up like I said in my trailer park and there were broke people and there was a young man we lived by that was the poorest most unfortunate soul I've ever laid eyes on. I mean, addicted parents all that, the worst childhood you can imagine. But one day after school, our PE teacher pulled him aside and said, "Hey man, I know you don't have the best living conditions. We can all smell it on your clothes because you live in filth and we smell it on you and everybody teases you. I know this. So this gym teacher who had no involvement whatsoever and no obligation brought in this kid several pairs of clothes, some deodorant, some just general bathing supplies. And I remember I was in seventh grade when that happened and being touched you know, one of the first times in a young man's life where you go, wow, I'm feeling emotions right now. And it's not, I just skin my knee. It's not, I'm mad. This is, I'm feeling real emotion right now over this moment. And that touched me so much to see that teacher who had no obligation, just go, Hey kid, I got your back. And, and he let him use the school showers after everybody had left the class. So the kid wasn't embarrassed. There are superheroes out there posing as teachers that's all i want to say you know it's there's so Mm -hmm. many awesome people out there that they don't get paid or thanked nearly enough um i have one more question for you and i didn't have it last time so this will be a nice fresh one for you and then we'll play a fun game was there a teacher that you had growing up that made you want to become a teacher i know i know that you liked to play on the whiteboard thing or whatever the what was that thing called overhead the overhead projector sorry but was there a, was there a teacher or maybe a couple teachers that inspired you to want to be a teacher? Yes, um, my third grade teacher, Mrs. Luce, also known as Sir Tommy Luce's mother. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. She was my third grade teacher at John McLaughlin Elementary. Um, what I liked about her is that I just remember she was strict, but in a loving way, and like could command a room just really easily. Stern but fair. Yes, and just. Not like old and crotchety, you know, she, (laughs) she just, she was, she was straight to it. And it just, I think that inspired me just being a leader from the beginning too. that, like, I could do that. And then like, she would always ask me to help and all that kind of stuff. So it just kind of led me that way. Um, I had a seventh grade science teacher at Gardner. I just can't remember her name. She well, was awesome whoopsies. too. If anybody out there in the Clackamas, you know, sandy, boring area is listening, John Rohr was the name of that teacher that gave that kid those clothes. Nice. He was exceptional. He was a That's very, awesome. very he was just a PE teacher by most people's view, but he was so involved in stuff outside of school and he was great. So John That's Rohr. Cool. Well, and I'll say out. I'll never forget um I had Mrs. Gibson two years in a row for English in high school. And I don't think a lot of people really loved her. A lot of people loved her husband, did student yeah. council and stuff. She was yeah. a little more strict. Um, but when I was telling everybody that I was going to beauty school after high school, I feel like people kind of really like poo-pooed it. Like, oh, you're not going like, to college? Like, that's not a real... Yeah, like kind of... I feel like now people think it's so cool to be a hairstylist and go to beauty school. But back then, I feel like it was kind of like looked kind of down upon a little bit. And she was the only teacher that said... So you like, grabbed my shoulders and like looked at me and she's like... 
No, you're going to be a wonderful hairstylist. And you know how smart you have to be. You have to do so much science and math and all the different angles that you cut hair and you have to be good with people. And she's like, you're going to do a wonderful job. And she was like the only teacher or only person that was like really positive. And I was like, yeah, you're right. So I feel like shout out to Mrs. Gibson. Also, eighth eighth grade, boring middle school, Mr. Dent. I, I think his first name was Gary, but Mr. Dent was also one of my favorite teachers because he was one of the first teachers that showed me you can be educated, but also kind of be a little bit rebellious by sneaking cuss words and forms of cursive and things. Yeah, I don't know. He just he just really kind of showed me a cool way to be kind of more of a smart ass than I already was at that age. And I appreciated him, but he showed me that, you know, knowledge could be a powerful, cool thing. And so Mm -hmm. Mr. Dent was also a very good teacher back when. Very cool. Okay. Well, we're going to play a fun game. So we are going to do finish the lyric. And this is a simple game. I just give you the first part of the lyric. You just finish it. There's other ways we can make this a bigger game, but we'll keep this simple for the sake of this podcast. And we are going to keep the genre in 80s, 90s hip hop and R&B because I grew up loving most of this music. I know Dre knows this music very well. So with that said, we are going to get into the game. Oh, Lord. I better get to Adam. Here we go. You can help her a little bit. If she can't guess, you can give her the tempo. Your first clue. Yeah. This is an easy one. I'm going to give you a softball right off the bat. (laughs) Your first clue. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leoshi because she don't know me, but Yoshi's really fine. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I know the song. <laughs> I know the song. next line, though. I don't know if anybody knows that one lyric for lyric, but all right, here, try this one. Okay. Power in the money, money in the power, minute after minute, hour after hour. Ooh, um, okay. I ooh, 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 ooh. give me the tempo, then maybe I can finish it. Power in the money, money in the power, minute after minute, hour after hour. Well, I know it's regulator, but I don't. No. Uh, Are you oh my sure gosh. you're on the right song? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> She was just teasing. This was I was. One. I was just to make sure you're paying attention. Um, I. Mm, it's Gangster's I, Paradise. <laughs> I was gonna Everybody suggest that one. Or what's going on in the kitchen? I didn't even know that was that song, but in my I head I was thinking it would give Gangster's Paradise. Okay, let's go with. Many a days has passed. Many a nights has gone by. Days has passed, many a nights go by. Think fast now. He comes in kind of with a many a days has passed, many a nights has gone by. Adam, can you finish the lyric? What? Yeah, you're my lifeline. (laughs) (laughs) Call it phone a friend. She's phoning a friend. friend. Okay, say it again, Big J. Okay, the first part of the lyric is many a days has passed, many a nights has gone by. Many a days has passed, many a nights has gone by. Late 90s. Junior year, sophomore, junior year. Adam's older than us, so he was probably graduated by then. Uh Uh-huh, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, uh uh-huh. Okay, so what's, do you know the next part of the lyric? Many a days has passed, many a nights has gone by. Something like I caught through my caught in my eye. But still, I find the time eye. to put that funk up in your eye. Total chaos for eye. these players. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. The eye. She knew the eye. She knew the eye. eye. Right. All right. Let's do one more here. Little hellions, kids feeling rebellious, embarrassed that their parents still listen to Elvis. I know the song. Why can't I think of what the next line is? Okay, sing it to tempo, please. Little hellions, kids feeling rebellious, embarrassed that their parents still listen to Elvis. I'm trying to, I'm trying. Oh God. Mm, no, I'm not good at this game. They start feeling like prisoners, helpless, till someone comes along on a mission and yells, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> Slim Shady, Dre, you did great. You, you did, did well. Great. Oh. 
I didn't know any of them. I mean, it's I knew okay. the song. I just don't know how to finish okay. the line. Adam, Adam would have killed it. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> He's all mad in the kitchen right now trying to feed the hummingbird feeders. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we should give Adam one more. Give him a test run. See how he does. You really want to? Yeah. It's really okay. Hard. Adam. Me and your daughter got a special thing going on. Softball. I like to make up my own lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Doctor Isfeld? They don't. They don't have the lyrics like they did back in the tape you set. Name. You can open up the whole you, side and read, and read it. Read you along can't pull with that it. one. You can't pull the me and your daughter got a special thing going on. There you go. Hope that you, you feel this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh you say it's puppy love, we say it's full grown. This oh, is the new love. This is the new game though that the girls want to play at the dinner table every night. I can't even sit at the dinner table without you can't the girls even take a bite. With, Daddy, ask me a question now. Daddy, yeah. give me a lyric. <laughs> yeah, I've I I've that. created a monster and it's my own prison. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Speaking love of which, Creed, my own prison. Give me the lyrics. What? Jeez! <laughs> yeah. Wait, you didn't you didn't listen to you didn't listen to an abundance of Creed back in the day? Oh, she no, did. Well, should have been dead on a Sunday morning. Dance Team Solo was a Creed song. Oh, what? Arms wide open. Yep. Yep. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. You know what? When Margo was first born, I was on uh, one one night and I listened to that song and man, did it make a softy out of me? I was sitting there bawling my eyes out, thinking, oh, "That's me right now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, those songs will hit you in a whole different way when you become a parent. Good yes. Lord. Yep, it's true. Dre, we thank you for joining us on the show. It's been wonderful having you. Thank you for yeah. coming wonderful on. We to love have you. you. As a friend. Thank you, Andrea. Love you both so much. Thank you for having me. You bet. Thank you so much, Gail. Thank you so much, Andrea. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show, and I hope everybody enjoyed listening to you. Also want to say thank you to everybody who has taken time to listen to our podcast. We appreciate the support. If you want to email us, you can contact us at houseofhano at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at house underscore of underscore Hanno. And of course, on Spotify, House of Hanno podcast. Thank you for listening. Here is our song of the week. Thank you, everybody. This one's for Tina. I call you when I need you, my heart's on fire You come to me, come to me wild and wired mm, You come to me, give me everything I need Give me lifetime promises in a world of dreams speak a language of love like you know what it means mm, it can't be wrong take my heart and make it strong baby you're simply the best Better than all the rest Better than anyone Anyone I've ever met I'm stuck on your heart I hang on every word you say Tear us apart Baby, I would rather be dead in your heart, I see a star of every night and every day. In your eyes, I get lost, I get washed away. Just as long as I'm here in your arms, I could be in no better place. You're simply the best. Better than all the rest Better than anyone Anyone I've ever
I've ever met I'm stuck on your heartbeat I hang on every word you say Don't tear us apart Baby, I would rather be dead Each time you leave me, I start losing control Walking away with my heart and my soul I can feel you even when I'm alone Oh baby, don't let go simply the best better than all the rest better than anyone anyone I've ever met oh I'm stuck on your heart babe I hang on every word you say don't tear us apart Baby, I would rather be dead You're simply the best Rest in peace, Tina Turner